Hey everybody and welcome back to Nerd to the Third, episode 11. Your stop for video games, movies, and everything nerdy. Today we're bringing you the power of three with your host, Nick, Nate, and the ever-rotating third chair. He's two times the gamer than anybody else, Chuck the Bipartisan Gamer. Hey, how's it going? It's a pleasure to be here, pleasure to be here. Thank you. And Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm alright. I'm doing okay. So a little bit of grinding before we get started. Make sure you go to ThreatX3 Productions on Twitter, which is actually TX3 Productions on Twitter. Give us a follow there. You can also go to our Discord, which is in the description down below or pinned to the top of the uh, Twitter account. Um, Remember, September is going to be the... Month of sharing. We're doing a share-a-thon. So if you share our tweets that we put out, which will most likely be linked to our you know, show or other things on YouTube, make sure to give it a share. Um, or if you don't have a Twitter account and you listen to us in other means, maybe you share us on Facebook, um, make sure to like us at ThreadX3 Productions um on facebook so that we can track how many people are actually sharing and then at the end of the month we're going to do a giveaway we're going to pick somebody at random who shared us so the more times you share maybe the more times i see your name and more likely i am to therefore choose it and the more times i care all right so just make sure to give us a share also give us a like and a follow on twitter or on facebook thread x3 productions on facebook and tx3 productions on twitter so let's get the let's get the show started with you want to know what pushes my buttons What pushes your buttons, Nick? Tell me about the buttons. Oh, yeah. I have so many buttons. You push the right one, and boom, I reload. (laughs) (laughs) I get reloaded and ready to go again. Okay, so sites treating people badly because they don't agree with them. So, main point here for me is Kotaku and the no, sort of, uh, but probably more Kotaku are treating Spider-Man fans like idiots because they're worried about quote-unquote puddles. But that's actually not the reason people are worried. They're worried about a downgrade. It's not just the puddles, but they're focusing on the puddles because that's what makes good jokes. People are worried about a downgrade. In fact, 15,000 people upvoted a Reddit posting about the downgrade. So treating a good portion of your audience possibly as just idiots who are just yelling into a void is just kind of stupid. Now I'm going to straight up say this from the very beginning. I don't necessarily agree with like out the outrage of it. Um, I don't think for first off, like, the pictures that are shown on there, um, I definitely can see the difference. I can see that one does look a little bit more muddy, and obviously there's a little less puddles. And even like the details on Spider-Man's uh, suit is a little bit less, but 
my main thing is that like you know it is a valid concern i don't necessarily feel like people need to be made fun of the main thing that really set me off is kotaku's um headline and the headline read um people who haven't even played the game are complaining about puddles and i'm like I I retweeted and I'm like, this is one of the most tone deaf things you could say. Oh, wait, these are the same people who talked about Far Cry not being political enough and Dark Souls being sexist. I was like, can you breathe? Uh, uh, what what I say? Uh, can you breathe on your soapbox on the Everest? <laughs> um, what's what's your guys look on the whole downgrade puddle gate controversy? Chuck. Uh, for me personally, I'm not super concerned about the graphical fidelity of the game. I think it's going to look gorgeous no matter what. However, I can agree with Kotaku really, Kotaku really shouldn't be handling it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I find a lot of times the way that they, uh, sort of address their audience is a bit weird. Like they're kind of like, you're, you either think this way like we do, or you're sort of an idiot. And that's kind of like an underlying message that I get from a lot of what they write and what they do there. It Definitely. seems to work for them in some way, though, because they have a fairly large large audience. So, But for me, I looked at the video, I saw the graphic comparison thing, and I could see like minor things, and I was like, eh, it's not really going to be bothering me. If I feel like if we're playing the game and I'm like, yeah, you know, those puddles weren't looking great, there's a problem with the game besides the puddles, because I want to be focusing on the gameplay and the story. That's right. really what I want to hit uh, with this one. I think that if they can get the gameplay to play nice, feel super great, like you actually feel like Spider-Man, you feel like a hero, and they mm-hmm. back that up with a good story, I don't need puddles. Remove all. I don't care if it's raining and there's no puddles. Take them all yeah. out. Yeah. And Nate? So I was saying before the show, I can understand people's concerns, like people concerning, you know, about, hey, they removed a puddle because they are worried about a downgrade because all of us have been scarred by games like Watch Dogs and The Division, you know, when they're initial... And uh, even uh, uh, Siege. So, uh, yeah, Siege. Well, the, the, the thing is that they're all <laughs> Ubisoft. That's not on purpose. <laughs> right. Well, the, the reason I didn't say Siege is because Siege literally became a different game. Like, true, like as true. far as Watch Dogs and the Division, they were the same game, just looked totally different. Um, yeah. So, I understand people's concerns. Now, getting so upset and not having this trust in Insomniac, who literally has done nothing but, over the course of their lineage, put out amazing games and amazing looking games. Yeah, I can't remember games. a bad game that they've put out. Yeah. Personally. Right. You know, you look at the most recent, most recent Ratchet and Clank. That game is gorgeous. That game is absolutely beautiful. Now, Spider Man's on a bigger scale than that, but even still. Um, so, I think kind of the main thing for me on this end is I wasn't even looking at the puddles when I saw the pictures. I was at first a little concerned about the suit because if you look at the yes. suit, there's a lot less shine that's on it from like I guess the reflective lighting. But I understand. Right. So I understand that E3 demos are vertical slices that tend to look prettier than what the game will end up being. And something that actually came up from this is, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was on a kind of funny morning show or a Colin and Greg live from a while back ago where um, Colin was talking about power. Like he made a comment about how it's, you know, bullshit 
how everyone keeps talking about power this we're way more powerful you know we could do this much more graphics and uh, that clip had popped up on a couple of my feeds and i was like yeah that really does pertain to right now because everyone is bitching and complaining about how it's gonna look when they haven't even played it you know what i mean yeah i mean one of my one of my biggest complaints about the situation is just the notion of treating people with a legitimate argument like they're less like they're just beneath you like they're idiots like are you serious like it's it was the tone of it and it was mm-hmm. just the absolute dismissal of somebody else's opinion and the fact that Here's a a group, Kotaku in particular, that thrives off of controversies, and they just do one controversy after another. Like I had mentioned before, Far Cry, they bitched about how it was not political enough. You know, although I personally think that by not making a political statement is actually making a political statement. And then you have Dark Souls has too much sexist jokes in them. And it's like... Are you kidding me? It is, in fact, a joke. And especially in Dark Souls, like, you can only put certain things down. So, like, one that they complained about is, woman ahead, try thrusting. And it's a joke. It's a childish joke, but it's also, they are using the pre-made messages that you have access to, because they don't, like, they don't let you just type whatever you want. They... They have certain ones that you have to do. And so they're using what they have to make something silly. And, and that's user-created, right, in Dark Souls, those messages? Yes, it's user-created. Okay, and so, so that's not a reflection on the game. It's a reflection on the community. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But then who is it hurting? And why is something like that, you know, sexist? Because I would argue that there are plenty of people out there, like an Amy Schumer or a Sarah Silverman, that they do raunchy jokes as well. So why is it that just because men mainly play video games, even though that there is a, I want to say there's 45% of gamers that are actually female. So there's a huge chunk that are female. How do you know that a woman didn't make that message? You know, yeah, you and, you and it's just it's just the absolute, you know, audacity of a Kotaku who just thrives on controversies to well, then have this controversy. But because they don't agree with it, people are idiots if they believe it. Well, it's the same with all media right now. I mean, if it's really good, if everything's great and everything's going well, who needs to watch the news? Everything's good. Right. People like to tune into bad things, and that's what Kotaku seems to thrive on, just having these, like you were saying, controversies. And I'm just, for me personally, I avoid them, but, you know, you hear about them from time to time, like this one. So, yeah. so, so real quick, I remember, I don't remember who it was, um, when we were talking about this whole downgrade with Spider-Man, they were talking, I think it may have been the most recent Games Daily with the GameSpot hosts, but they were talking about how, if you look at the graphics comparison video, Oh, it looks better with less puddles, they said, right? Was that well, what you were saying? Yeah, and so I'm watching the video right now, and I'm like, the 2018 version of the game we're going to get looks more real than what we saw in 2016. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the I 2016 mean, looks like it was fabricated to put on a good show. Yeah. And see, I would argue that there might be... Um, I mean, I didn't look... 
I didn't look into like the Reddit post in particular, but the pictures that we saw, there's a couple of questions that I would definitely like answered. And that is, is it a PlayStation Pro? You know, Mm, is it in 1080p or is it in 720p? Because things like that could definitely affect it, you know? And so, but still, like, if that's the if that's the case, it's a PlayStation 4 instead of a PlayStation Pro. That kind of seems like an easy answer, and this would have been nothing from the very beginning. But somebody bringing up a very valid, you know, concern, you know. Now, is it that person's fault that the internet then took it and maybe ran with it? No. May- yes. No. Maybe so. But either way, for for anybody, okay. Another thing that I find really, really annoying is that let's say um, IGN, IGN came out and they made a joke, a hilarious one in my opinion. They made a hilarious joke when God of War came out. God I of War, this. I <laughs> God of War. They did a graphics comparison, quote unquote, where God of War on the PlayStation Four and God of War on the uh, Xbox One, and so obviously the Xbox One was blank because it's not on the Xbox One. It and was very everybody. Funny. It was hilarious. Everybody just grabbed their pitchforks, grabbed their, Mm -hmm. you know, torches, and they're just like, oh, IGN is biased. IGN is Mm -hmm. biased. Yeah, that one was a very stupid situation. I remember the only reason why I I found out about it was Ryan McCaffrey was like, Profusely apologizing to Xbox. Oh, I know. I'm so sorry to anyone just who's offended. bending over backwards and be like, "I'm so sorry." And I anyway. get it. You got to maintain relationships, but like right. to me, that's just it's it's a valid criticism. You know, I started off this uh, this generation with an Xbox One, and they are lacking in exclusives. And if you don't know that by now, like mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. So to freak yeah. out about it is just silly. Yeah, and so my point for bringing that up is that everybody got mad at them for being biased. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I don't know, like, why aren't people doing the same thing for Kotaku? But instead, you have, like, the KFGD group, which I'm seriously considering getting out of, kind of like you, Nate, because it's like then they see the whole Puddlegate thing and they just make fun of it. And they just, like, they think... And it's kind of toxic in a way that they're just like, if you disagree, that if you disagree with that well then it's like well you're obviously an idiot and i'm mm-hmm. i'm better than you i've sort of felt that way for a bit now about uh the kind of funny uh best friends for a while where i i enjoyed it but then it's almost like a positive toxicity like it's like if you don't yeah. agree with this positive way of life then like get the fuck out and it's like oh right all right yeah well Ooh, so well, so for me and i don't actually know if i've talked about this on air but um like when I joined, I joined the group probably about 2015, the Facebook group. And yeah, um, I really enjoyed being a part of it. I liked being a part of a big group of people. And so I was there for a few of the ups and downs. You know, there were some upsets and I was definitely there when the whole Colin situation happened. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, most of us were. But um, it wasn't really until recently, and I can't remember what the event was, but it was a couple weeks ago that I finally was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to get out of the group. I'm going to unfollow it. Um, just cause like I'm tired of, like I was getting legitimately stressed just from like some of the conversations that were happening, but also people would talk about the same thing over and Mm -hmm. over again and it wouldn't go anywhere. Like people would just be talking in circles about Mm -hmm. the same thing. And like, and that's because it's so one sided. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm also in the Collins last stand group on Facebook and Mm -hmm. We would, they'd have the same conversations, but it would be from several different angles. And I'm not trying to say one is better than the other, but, but you know, like, well, like, which, like Chuck yeah. said, 
when you have like people who are just like one way and that's it like like the positive toxicity or whatever it's still toxicity mm-hmm. right a lot of people equate toxicity to oh you're a racist you're a bigot you're a blah 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 you must be you must be some right-wing nut and so that makes you toxic and then it's like it has absolutely nothing to do with political standing or or even just like religious standing or anything any group could be toxic like i mean think about this there's this oh my god there's this one crazy chick at taco bell and <laughs> Every time we would go there, she would answer like, hi, how's it going? What can I get for you today? That is toxic because I hear that and it's like nails on a chalkboard. And I'm just like, I would legit, every time we'd pull up to the drive-thru window, I would legit like cringe and just like, okay, who's it going to be today? Is it going to be a normie or is it going to be that girl that I absolutely hate? And there was definitely a time that I stopped going to that particular Taco Bell because I was just like, I do not, I'm not happy today. I don't want to be happy. Leave me alone. And it doesn't feel genuine, you know, because when yeah, she's right. like that, she's like, hi, how are you? Super poppy. It's like, I know you're just kind of putting on an act, and that's kind of what sometimes the vibe I get from uh, that kind of funny group, where it's just like, we're all putting on an app that we're, act that we're all super happy, and we all think the same, but I'm like, no, I like having varying opinions. I like not always agreeing with people who I'm talking to. That's how conversation and learning happens, because if exactly. we all agreed, why are we talking? We know already. We all agree. Let's just sit here in silence. Yeah, it's also one of those that, not just in the Facebook group, but just in real life, I don't have respect for you if I bring a valid argument to the table and you tell me to f*** off or you tell me that I'm, you call me some sort of word and like prime example when all of this me too stuff was real big and going on uh in the kind of funny group it was awful oh my god like especially the aziz on sorry thing i can't tell you how many posts i saw people being like hey aziz may not have actually this may have been and like there was just vomit on the other side of yeah you know it's it was ridiculous i'm still not sure how like the aziz on sorry thing played out like i've read this stuff it didn't seem that bad to me but i don't I don't know how people feel about him now in the general public. Like, is it like Kevin Spacey bad or I don't know what we're dealing with with him. Yeah. And then you look at Chris Hardwick had a, pretty much the same thing. And, and then now, he came back, right? Now yep. he's back. Now, granted, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of haters out there that are like, oh, but she wasn't part of the investigation, so it shouldn't count. Um, Like... Like that, that gets a little muddy. The fact that she wasn't a part of the or the investigation, and I, I can admit that. But at the same time, it's like when it first happened, I was very much un, of the of the mindset that okay, well, you know, you have evidence, and you clearly say that in your letter. Then let people know, you know. But assassinating somebody's character and then having them lose their lifestyle doesn't seem like the way to do it you know if Mm -hmm. you want this person to be brought to justice by all means bring this piece bring this person to justice but then like i kind of did the same thing where i went on i think it was kind of funny it might have been another group and everybody was just pretty much like pitchforks and i'm just like this is so toxic you know to bring it back to the current (laughs) situation um it's it's just like if if you believe something 
Um, and you have something like a picture and you want to have a conversation about this, you have a concern. There's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like the only time on this particular show that I've gone like, oh, that's just ridiculous. They're being ridiculous. It's usually because of it's something unfounded, like the Far Cry not being political or polit- political enough or Dark Souls <laughs> I'll pull your tickle. Sexist. Well, yes, you will. You'll pull my tickle. <laughs> Is that what we have to do to stay on the air? I'll do it. Yes. I'll do it. Yes. I mean, there's, oh God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how we'll do it long distance, but we'll find a way. Life Love always finds a way. A way. <laughs> okay. So anyways, uh, point is, there's many sides to every story. And you should not ever be so closed-minded as to just be like, well, you're an idiot because you believe X, Y, Z. And Kotaku putting out that tweet. And I read the article. I read the full article. And even though they did show both sides, you could so clearly see which one they agreed with and it's like when it for me and i really wish that like cnn and fox news and everybody did the same for me when it comes to news you need to report in a way that you are unbiased if you are going to have your opinion then it should be an opinion piece it should have on the very top of the page opinion article or something opinion like should be in the title or something because it is not news you are mm-hmm. not reporting news you are reporting your opinion and that's what we do on the show and i don't try to you know put it on any other way this segment is called you know what pushes my buttons so you can clearly know that this is really what pushes my personal buttons but then i also ask your guys's opinions I want to know what the what everybody thinks. And if somebody disagreed with me and thought that I was being an idiot, I would want to know why. Why am I an idiot just for seeing two pictures and going, yeah, maybe there's something to talk about there. Yeah, and just because you don't agree with someone doesn't necessarily even mean that they're an idiot. You know, and I know that's just like a simple general way to say it. But right. just because I look at something and don't see a problem with it and you do doesn't mean I have to go, well, you're an idiot or you're this or you're th-. like, it's so easy to put people in a label, but people are diverse. You know, they're interesting. They can't yep. be put into one box. Yep, 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 yep. And you know who thinks outside of the box? People who make video games. Bum, 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 bum. Because otherwise we'd be we'd still be stuck with two paddles and a ball. <laughs> it wasn't until somebody thought, wait, what if that paddle was a person? What if that per? What if the what if the uh, ball was an objective? I have to go get the objective. Wait, let's put some walls here, and you know, there's so many so many instances where it's like we wouldn't have the games we had today if people didn't think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Duke Nukem 3D. I mean, that is technically 2D, but they made it they made it in such a way they thought outside the box and you know, long tangent, but you know what I mean. What so, would loot boxes look like in Pong though? That's the big question. <laughs> That's what we We need to get on it. Right. I want my rare paddle. <laughs> the paddle is blue. <laughs> All right, so we would like to li- we would like to know your guys' opinion. We would like to see your whole input and everything you know we can definitely have a discussion on tx3 productions on twitter or go to our discord or thread x3 productions on facebook up next is the weekly grind
All right, so Weekly Grind is where we talk about what have we been doing, what have we been up to. Mr. Chuck, Bipartisan Gamer, what are you doing? What am I doing? Let me tell you, my friend. Uh, so one thing I'm doing right now, I'm watching uh, The Great British Bake Off. Has anyone seen this show? Oh, yeah. It is the most nonchalant reality show that I've ever seen. It's just these British people who are baking. Everyone is super friendly. You don't win anything even if you win, and it's just like the greatest thing I've ever seen. I don't know why, but it's just like a bunch of people in a tent baking, and I'm like, I don't know what half these words mean. I don't know what they're making, but it makes me hungry, and they're very friendly, and I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then the other one I was watching, it's a prime original. It's The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Have you ever heard of that? Miss Maisel. Yeah, it looked good, but it's just one of those I don't know whenever I'll, when I will ever get to it. Gotcha. Yeah, so I do uh, stand-up and comedy around the Chicago area, and so this is a... Chicago. Chicago. So this is kind of a close-to-home thing for me, so I I watched it, binged the whole first season. Only eight episodes. They are an hour long, but it was pretty good. It was pretty funny. Um, you could definitely feel the tinges of like the Me Too movement in it, which is kind of weird, because this is like set in like the 50s, so it's just, like this woman from the 50s. Her husband leaves her. And she just goes and does this drunken rant on a comedy stage. And then from there, she just starts doing stand-up. And it's it's cool and it's really good. Parts of it, I'm just like, I don't know if that would actually be happening in, in the 50s or if we're just putting a spin on it to fit today's culture. But it's right. interesting. I enjoy it. Um, and it's really... Uh, did anyone see... Um, uh, what's the one with Kevin Spacey? And he was the House of Cards. Yeah. Oh, okay, it, yeah. Yeah. The the prostitute in House of Cards who mm-hmm. was around for a while. Yeah, uh, she's a call girl. Um, excuse me. I Get your so terminology sorry. correct. Wait, sir. wait, 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 wait. Are, are you talking about the reporter? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no, no, um, no, no, no. I know who you're the, talking the about. The bald guy yeah. was hanging out. Yeah, with I know who you're while. talking about. Yeah, yeah. So she is the main character, and it's such a, it's a amazing juxtaposition of when she's in there. It's all like dour and sad and dark, and here she's all bright and poppy, and it's just like. Oh, you're a diverse actress. Like, good for you. You did very, very good work here. So I found that interesting when I realized that's who it was. Because I was like, you've watched the show and you've been like, I know her from somewhere. Where do I know her? And I was like, oh, that's where it was. No. Uh, and then gaming-wise, uh, I've been slowing down a little bit with gaming just because uh, back to school, full-time job. Um, so I've been a little slow. But I did Banner Saga 3 recently came out. Did any of you play the Banner Saga games? No. I never got a chance. <laughs> It's pretty good. It's like a uh, turn-based RPG, uh, kind of old school in that way, and um, you're pretty much in charge of this caravan, and you're leading them basically from the end of the world, like it, the world's ending, and you need to keep your people alive, and it's all like choice-based decisions and then uh, turn-based combat, and that's pretty good, and every choice that you make either hurts or helps, and the, the cool thing about it is a lot of times morality and decision-making in games is very black and white, where it's like, clearly if I make this choice, I'm making a good choice, and clearly if I make this choice, I'm making a bad one. And yeah. Banner Saga kind of throws it out the window, where it's like, I think this is good, and then sometimes it is, and then sometimes it's like, well, that was a, a terrible mistake, and a lot of people just died for no reason. Right. Um, I think one of the most annoying choice system. I'm, I'm doing quotes, by the way, choice mm-hmm. systems, was Army of Two 40 Days? 40th Day. I never played that one. 40th Day? Or love that something. game. It was, it was the second one, but what I absolutely... See, I loved it, too. I think it was way underrated. But anyways, what I absolutely, positively hated is that every good choice would show you that you actually f***ed up. Yep. And every bad choice actually showed you that you did the right thing. And yep. it's like, <laughs> I... 
I can kind of see what they're doing because they're subverting expectations. But for every single choice that I made in the game to just slap me in the face, like it, it was, it was novel for certain things, but then for other things, it's like, you know what? Screw you. I mean, Mm -hmm. how was I supposed to know that was the wrong quote unquote, you know, decision? It was just such, and it was so stupid because especially if you wanted to do the, like if you wanted to go through the whole game uh, making good decisions and then maybe the second time you went through it, you wanted to do the bad decisions. It was just like, I don't know. It's just such a stupid decision just to be like, nope, actually you're an asshole. Yeah, I, I remember that too. Um, the main thing I liked about 40th Day was just like throwing a soda can suppressor on, on a gun and like, <laughs> no, just right. doing stuff in the elevator. It was, that was fun. Yeah. One thing I hate about uh, the binary choices in games is when they tie it to your power levels. Like, oh, for yeah. example, in Infamous, where it's like, well, unless you commit fully to being bad, then you're not going to get these great powers. Or unless you feel like, uh, fully to being good, you don't get these. And it's like, well, why give me the choice at all? You might as well just say one in the beginning, like, hey, are you a good guy or are you an asshole? And then that's right, it, you know? exactly. just take it away from me then. I get that. Yeah. But in, as as far as Infamous goes, like, I like the fact of playing it twice to, to see the two different sides. And then for mm-hmm. those games, it makes it easier, that much easier to like platinum it or to get 100% yeah, in it. But yeah. it would almost make sense in the beginning just to be like, hey, is Cole going down the good path or the bad path? And then just choose once, because once you choose, you really can't change. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what 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 games out there um, would you say has one of the best choice mechanics? Ooh, that's hmm. a good one. Choice or morality? Uh, aren't they kind of the same thing? No. Fallout has a Fallout Four has kind of good uh, choices, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I say no simply because, like in Red Dead, you're not really making any like they're not giving you prompt for choices. Mm-hmm. Like, like I guess the most analog example I can think of is like in Black Ops Two, how you were making specific choices, like what action you did in that cinematic moment, determine what path you're going to go down. Whereas mm-hmm. in Red Dead, you could, like, it, it, that was on you. The game wasn't trying to push you either way. Like, yeah. you could see a bunch of civilians and you could kill them if you wanted to, and that would drop your morality. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you could put on a Desperado mask and apparently do whatever you want. And yeah, no pretty much. Figure it out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, that bandana just completely changes. The- Who is that? It's like um, Clark Kent. <laughs> I, I think huh. one of the best examples that I can think of off the top of my head of a really good choice, quote unquote, system is uh, actually Spec Ops The Line. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, one of the very first times it, quote unquote, makes you choose, um, do you shoot this guy or do you shoot this guy? Well, actually, what you what you wouldn't know unless maybe you tried it is that you don't actually have to choose left or right you can actually choose to do nothing and um now that i said that out loud another one that's a good one is until dawn i think because there are some instances where doing nothing can be an option and i think that's probably the best thing because when that prompt comes on screen you're like oh my god who do i kill or who do i you know what do i do here what do i do here there are some instances where it's like you could do nothing and it's Mm -hmm. like that is an option, and I really actually like that. It's very subtle, um, but you know, and I, I, I would say that because of the way it's written, that Until Dawn is probably one of my favorite. 
And then next to that would probably be like Walking Dead season one. I feel like that really had yeah. a good morale system. I mean, Telltale since, does a great job with that in most of their games where, you know. Yeah, I, I would I would argue like it was pretty much just very formulaic after season one. After season really? one, like um, most of their most of their things were very like this way or that way. And I mean, mm. it still was in walking dead, but they just did such a good job in season one. And I think it's just cause they overworked themselves way too much. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely. mean, season one was just, it was so well written in the sense that, you know, I just, yeah, I really liked it. And that's one of the reasons why I loved um, this little off topic, but Bioshock, um, when the big reveal comes at the end of the mm-hmm. game, where it makes you question the decisions that you've made as a gamer. Like, why did you do this? Just because we told you to? You know, right. like, do you really have control over what you're doing anyway? Mm. So I really like it when a game subverts your uh, expectations like that. Definitely. Definitely. And then I guess the last game I was playing, I just uh, beat Gravity Rush, the original one, remastered for the PS4. Um, did anyone, any of you play that one? Yes, I did back in the uh, Vita day. The Vita actually is this little handheld device. Not, not a lot of people uh, played it. What, yeah. And, and what, what what would you do with it? I don't understand. You just like sometimes you touch the screen and, and your uh-huh. fingers would just like tap the back. It was, yeah, it was this nice relic. That sounds really cool. I hope someday they re- release it. You know, I'd love to give yeah. it a Yeah. It was this prototype. Nobody knows about it. It's pretty, pretty black, uh, off the black stuff. Um but yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot, uh, Gravity Rush. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed controlling gravity. I thought it was kind of cool. It did sort of get a little samey towards the end. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and then I do have the second one on deck, but I haven't started that one yet because I'm like, you know what? Let me give it some breathing room. Let me give it some time before I jump right back in. So. I think Gravity Rush has probably one of the, and it's not necessarily on purpose, but it probably has one of the best, like, flying mechanics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's amazing just moving around and that freedom of movement is it's very good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, other than what I've seen from Anthem, I don't know of another game that has really made me feel comfortable flying because mm. it's so easy to or easy to fly or whatever, but even like if you're if you're doing it in a plane, it's one way. If you're doing it in a helicopter, it's another way, you know, but to have such, you know, it just feels so comfortable and it felt like I was a superhero. And I mean, Uh, it's, you know, there's definitely not, not a game out there that I can think of that did it better. Are you telling me you never played Sorcerer's Stone for the PlayStation one when you're on that beautiful broom? Come on. The crispest flying that's ever been deep. You ever see that one with the Sorcerer's Stone? And then you're on, you're on the, uh, the Nimbus 8,000. Great. Yeah. That's the deepest kind of thing I've ever <laughs> no, I, I remember the flying in that game. It was terrible. So, But yeah, I think that's it for me with uh, Terms of the Grind this week. Good. I'm tired of listening to you. Nate! Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so not too much for me. Um, I have actually, I guess this buys into Spidey hype even more, but the kind of funny guys have started their Spidey in review, Spider-Man in review, like oh, yeah. little series. And I think I talked about it last week. If I didn't, I'll say it again. I realized I don't think I have any of the Spider-Man movies on Blu-ray. And so mm-hmm. I went and got them. <laughs> so um, I've been actually really, really wanting to watch the first Spider-Man again. And I just haven't had a chance to yet. But yeah. um, the Sam Raimi uh, trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To, to start, I'm going to, I'll, I'll follow this. I didn't do the X-Men one yet just because I don't have all of them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'll follow this one and then watch from Raimi to uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. But Wait, they're not doing Tom Holland's? No, they are. But I have like I've seen Homecoming recently, so I might watch that again. I might not. But oh, I haven't okay, seen gotcha. the Amazing Spider-Man series and Sam Ra- Sam Raimi's in years. Yeah, and it's been a long time. Um, but you know, you notice how like people people equate the first trilogy to the same Raimi, um, and um, the second to Andrew Garfield, and then the third to Tom Holland. I mean, what's that tell you about the people who made the movie? Because it's like people equate well, the first trilogy well, to Mark Sam Raimi. Wasn't that the guy who did this? It was something I think Webb. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. That it was like, oh, Web Spider. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. But my point is that the general people refer to it as the same Raimi. They don't Instead refer the to it as Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. They refer to it as Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And then they refer Amazing Spider-Man as Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and mm-hmm. Tom Holland's Spider-Man. So I, I don't know. It's just a little uh, observation I just had. So as far as Spider-Man goes, the Tobey Maguire, because that's the one I grew up with, is kind of my favorite Spider-Man. But he mm-hmm. is my absolute bottom tier least favorite Peter Parker. Um, I mm, really, okay. really, really enjoyed Andrew Garfield's performance. Um, like if I had to give a personal preference, I would probably give it to Garfield than Tom Holland. Although Tom Holland, I will agree, is the perfect Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. Um, He's yeah. the best at both. Yeah, exactly. I can see that. Yeah, but Garfield probably was my favorite Peter performance, like as far as an actor goes. I, I would, I, I would say, I don't know. It's, it's really close as far as Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. I think. I think Andrew Garfield for me pulls a little bit ahead because um, I guess it was just a little bit more mature, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. Tom Holland's, except for at the very, very end where he finds out the dad is, you know, the vulture or whatever. Other than that, it was very, very lighthearted. And mm-hmm. I guess that fits the whole homecoming aesthetic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as far as like a storytelling perspective, like I genuinely felt it when um, uh, Uncle Ben died in Amazing Spider-Man. I genuinely yeah. like felt that. And then especially to have that moment afterwards where Flash goes up to him and like just, you know, Andrew Garfield's character just like pretty much almost beats his ass. He's like, hey, I get it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it, that hit it, me r- right yeah. in the feels. And he's like, you don't have that moment. And granted, it's because they didn't do the origin a third time, which thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for not doing that. But at the same Showing time, there's some just, restraint. Yeah. Other than like a little bit, a little stuff here and there, there wasn't as much as emotion in Tom Holland's version of, and that's just because we're getting, we're getting the frustration that, you know, his father figure in Tony Stark is basically shunning him. We're getting that aspect of it, but just the gut wrenching emotion that we got from Andrew Garfield is the main reason I, I prefer him, but just very slightly. Yeah. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, um, going into it, I really probably wasn't going to pick what up. He said, "Oh my god, bum, bum. Go, going in." <laughs> I wasn't actually going to pick up Spider-Man PS4 on launch, mm-hmm. just because, mm-hmm. like I was telling Nick this, I've told this before, but how I played God of War was I got it on launch, 
started it, but was so overwhelmed by the hype that everyone else was giving it that it just made me not want to play the game. And so I didn't actually finish God of War until maybe two months later. Really? Actually, no, I didn't I finish like the end of the game until, oh God, maybe like almost three months later. Mm-hmm. And I may I, rem- I managed to not have anything spoiled, but that's kind of how I was going to go into Spider-Man. But even though I haven't really been looking at anything because I kind of want to stay radio silent, the hype kind of in a second wave has been getting me more and more for this game. <laughs> Would you say that it... Bit oh God, you? I can feel, I can feel, I can oh, feel Lord, it. Man. I was going to say, I can feel it coming. <laughs> Self-respect, have some, please. Nope, not on this show. <laughs> Yeah, Spider-Man is the reason I have a PS4. Um, so it was that E3 when they when they showed it for the first time. And I had been like on the fence of like, oh, I should get a PS4 because I started off with an Xbox One. I was like, oh, I want to get one. I'm going to get one. And then I saw that and I was like, F-. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting a PlayStation 4. <laughs> I and guess so. And the fiance <laughs> until it shows up. And then she's like, oh, you got a PlayStation. I'm like, surprise. So, yeah. it's really for both of us honey yeah you can <laughs> yeah. watch netflix on it um, but it was that and uh, horizon zero dawn but specifically seeing spider-man i just had great memories of like ultimate spider-man back on the ps2 days and i loved it there and in uh, spider-man 3 so well yeah so the, the last really great spider-man game i played was shattered dimensions mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. i never played the amazing spider-man console games i just i yeah. never got around to them but um I'm really excited to see what this one does, and I'm 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 blessed enough to have a PS4 Pro and a 4K TV to enjoy it in that. Oh, screw you, right in your privileged ass. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Actually, I have a 4K Ooh, TV. I, I, I worked I worked my ass off and got actually know that TV I bought three years ago. And I paid it off, I think, a year ago. <laughs> so, oh, God. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't that bad. But anyway, um, I'm really, I really am kind of getting more excited for it than I thought I would. Um, yeah. But I still can't figure out if I'm more excited for it or Spyro because I just saw something about Spyro and I just got giddy inside just because I'm just <laughs> super excited for Spyro. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've always been planning to get it, so. Yeah, super easy decision for me as far as you know. It's like, well, I have to play it. You know, I might not buy it because. Did, we, did anyone play Sunset Overdrive? No. Yeah. No, I, I don't did. have an Xbox. You, oh, okay. That was when, as soon as I figured knew that Insomniac was doing it, and I thought about yeah, right. the mobility and the uh, the combat in Sunset Overdrive, and I was like, if you replace that with characters, I actually give a shit about. Right. Wow, that's going to be amazing. And the fact that they've had years to to work on that kind of technology, I was like, doctor. Yeah. I, yeah. I was actually kind of bummed whenever I heard Insomniac was doing it simply because I was expecting Sucker Punch too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then I did the comparison with Sunset Overdrive. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be great. Movement alone, it's going to be mm-hmm. fantastic. Well, congratulations for things. saying exactly what the internet says. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It is. It Wait, you really, have the really internet true. too? No. <laughs> it, I don't even know what's. I mean, I know what Sunset Overdrive was about, but I literally don't think I played maybe but half the story and just grinded and shot things. Like, that's mm-hmm. all I did in the game. One thing I'm actually really excited for I played the old school, like, 
PlayStation One Spider Mans, and I absolutely love those. And just oh, recently, yeah, that's a good I one. saw some gameplay of like the indoor sections. And just the way he was like crawling up the walls, going into the vents, going through the vents, it just like, oh, nostalgia hit me hard. And I was like, okay, like I was somehow that is stupid as that seems somehow that really got me excited. Crawling in vents got me excited for (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. I think it's because that's what Spider-Man, if Spider-Man were real, and if he existed, that's what he would do. And this is like as close as we are ever going to get definitely. to being able to be Spider-Man. And I think that's why. It's the small touches, you know? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess moving on to me. Now it's do me time. Ew. I'm not supposed to say it out loud. Jeez. Mega Man Legends. So there's this uh, user on Twitter, if you've ever heard of it. That thing where people tweet. No? We okay. know what Twitter is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, there's this guy, Wario64, and he does a lot of deals. And so one of the deals he showed was they were having a sale for Mega Man Legends 1 and 2. And I saw that and like I legit got hyped. It's like I haven't touched my PlayStation 3 in pretty much like I'd say the month I got my PlayStation 4, it was dead to me. And it was just gathering dust and it was just there. I saw that and I immediately like told my wife, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get these. And so I need to go find my PlayStation 3. So I found my PlayStation 3. Of course, it's like covered in dust. And then I'm like, okay, I can't find the AC power adapter. I'm like, crap. Okay. So I looked up online. I got an AC adapter from Walmart. I went ahead and got a wired controller because I don't have a wireless controller. And then, um, I, I I got them purchased and I downloaded them and it's just like oh it just it it hits it hits me good it hits me real good first off with playing it with a recorded controller because I mean if anything that's definitely how I played my PlayStation One games anyway so I'm like oh this just you know hits me even further but just playing that game it really made me come to a realization and it's like great games will always be great. But good games, when you go back to them, you're like, wait, I thought this was good? (laughs) Anyways, but yeah, like I, and I feel like you can probably say the same thing about other forms of media in the sense that, you know, like a really, really great movie, no matter what happens, like the next time you watch it, even if like the graphics are really outdone and everything, you watch it again, those nostalgia rose tinted glasses come on. And you're just like, this is a really good movie, but a, but a movie or even a TV show for them. I've revisited some uh, TV shows and I'm just like, this was good. <laughs> this was worth it to, yeah. this was worth my time. <laughs> so I have a perfect example of this. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day about Spyro and I remember talking about, I asked them if they had played the, um, the PS2 and PS3 game. Like, I guess the, the, the reboot 
I think it was like a Legend Begins or something like that. Oh, I think and, I know what you're talking about. And they're like, no, I haven't. And I'm like, oh my God, I used to love those games. And so I went and looked at gameplay for, it was three of them. It was two on the PS2, one on the PS3. Or mm-hmm. it was like cross-gen, the third one was. And so oh, okay. I went I went and looked at them and I was like, oh, I don't want to play this game. Like I remember this <laughs> game being a lot better. And then I went back and looked at the remake, the Spyro, the, what is it called? The, the reignited trilogy uh, reignited, Re- yeah. reignited. yep there i you looked go. at gameplay that and i'm like oh my god i'm like so good i looked at it and i'm like oh my god i cannot wait for this this looks so good by the way you're fired you totally took my thing oh ooh. tell Awkward. him nate tell him he told he stole it from me yeah to be fair i thought it was nick until i looked and <laughs> see what bubble was was oh, was lit up i didn't know i didn't know <laughs> But if they haven't used that in their marketing, it's like, what the f- are you doing? Right? Get on your stuff. That I don't care how much it costs. Get on it. Get on that. Get the, get get the rights to it. Just own the song forever in perpetuity. Yeah. Perpetuity. I like that word. I like being able to say it in the way my mouth feels. But enough <laughs> about your mom. Uh, I was also playing Fortnite, and um, I'm one of those OG Fortnite guys where I only play uh, Share Share the World. Oh, my God. <laughs> save the World. Yes, Save the World. Uh, I play Save the World. Ma- the main reason is because I play with my wife, and we like playing co-op games together. She doesn't really like competitive. Um, so, so, yeah, we've been trying to get out of Plankerton. Anybody who who plays save the world knows what I'm talking about. Um, so but, no one, right. Shut up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've actually been enjoying it. Like we just, just become a new obsession of ours. Like we played the absolute crap of it when it first came out. And yeah, there's just this kind of resurgence. And we're like, you know, now that we kind of have this goal, it's like, let's get out of Plankerton. And you know, it's, it's really fun. Um, but it's definitely starting to grade on me. And the funny thing is, is that when this first, when the Save the World first came out, um, there was a lot of reviews talking about how like 20 hours in or 30 hours in, they hit this wall and it's like, you know, oh my God, it's just so grindy and stuff like that. And I feel like I finally hit that wall because like the, the weapons we have um because there's a lot of crafting in it the weapons we have if we evolve them too much then we don't get the materials quite yet like um basically like uh, a level one gun takes like a copper piece a level two takes a silver piece and then a level three or evolution three takes malachrite well we don't get that much malachrite so if i use the gun too much and it breaks down i no longer get to use the gun so um I have to be very strategic about, okay, I want to evolve this one. But then that also makes it so that when we're getting up to the higher level uh, missions, it makes it really hard because it's like, okay, I need better guns in order to make this, you know, more doable. And so, yeah, I kind of feel like we finally hit that wall, but not just in gameplay, but also in the way they're doing their missions. It's like every mission you have to do like two or three or even four missions to complete that one mission and it's like it's like okay like what good is this doing it's like and and to have that have to like we have to do like four relay uh missions 
And it's like, okay, but only one relay shows up in a map. So that means I have to do four different missions just to do that one thing. And I'm like, oh, whereas like right before that, I only had to do one mission of something. So it's like, you know, why can't I do that? Not only that, but then it's also the fact that we like a couple of missions ago. Well, I mean, it's way more than a couple, but you know, a couple missions back, we already did one where it was like do six relay missions. So that means I had to do it six times and now it's making me do it again. And it's like, I'm okay. If you just throw up something random because they do it all the time where it's like, go pick up five boxes of burgers. Usually they'll put in just enough so that you have to do it at least twice or whatever. But at least that's like it's something different. You know, it's it's a BS reason or it's a it's a BS excuse for for the story, but at least it's something different. Making me literally do the same stuff over and over again, like, you know, go do a van mission, go do a a weather balloon mission. And they don't even try to like hide it behind something it's like come on just give me an actual like story and so yeah it really sucks because it's like i really enjoy the game and and everything but it's like it i definitely hit that point that everybody who reviewed it (laughs) was talking about so oh it took you a couple years right it's only been out for like a year and i have like two (laughs) two thoughts on uh what you just said one uh when it comes to gaming Right when something starts to feel like a job for me, which is kind of what it sounded like it was becoming for you. It's like, well, I have to do this so I could do this and so I could do this. And you don't seem like you really want to do it. That's when I stop. That's when I'm like, all right, like this was fun. I enjoyed it, but I'm done. And then my. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. That's why. That's why. My second thing would be um, you said that you'd been playing for about 20 hours. Was that right? Oh, no. It, that's how long it took the reviewers to do it. See, actually, okay. the reason it took me so long is because a little bit after the game came out, they started coming out with events. And so you had Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's Day, and then like pretty much every season, which a season usually lasts month, month and a half, they'd come out with a whole new mission structure. And so for the longest time, we kept doing those instead of doing the, the main, main mission. Stuff, yeah. Okay. So So it like if I had to guess, we have to be in the triple digits because we've played the absolute out of this. Okay, yeah, because that's what I was gonna say. Like, I I always find it funny, especially games uh, now that the games are games as services. Everyone's like, oh, you know, after the first like hundred hours, there's like nothing to do. And I was like, yeah, but you played the game for a hundred hours, isn't that enough? And I always wonder like when people are gonna be satisfied when they're like, okay, this is as much of the game as I need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, and it's not even necessarily that it's a job, you know, it, it is fun. But when you when you make me, it's like, I, I guess the, the perfect example that I could come up with is like, if I play Battlefield, or I play mm-hmm. Call of Duty, I don't like playing the same map over and over and over and over again. I don't like sometimes I don't even like playing the same game mode over and over again. Like I like maybe when you do ground wars in uh, Call of Duty where it switches from team deathmatch back to domination to kill confirmed back to dominate. You know, it's always random. I like that because I like the feeling of it just being, you know, fresh. You know, now that I'm now that we're focusing solely on the missions and it's making us do just this mundane stuff, it's like, ah, I don't I don't necessarily like that because it's like, you know, I like doing I like 
randomizing it. You know, I like just doing something and seeing what comes up basically. And so now that we are getting into the monotony of it, that's where it's like, uh, you know, I guess. Yeah, you've reached, you've reached your limit with it kind of thing. That's exactly and, how it was. It's with. not even that I've reached my, I don't know. It is kind of hard to describe because I'm definitely haven't you reached my limit. It's just that I guess I can't, I can't play as much as like I would before. Like before I'd go like for at least three or four rounds where it's like now it's like one or two. So it's like, you know, I don't know. I just, I, yeah. Anyways. So, all right. And then, uh, the, one of the main things I've been getting into two shows, one Westworld season two, um, we got a free month, which we had a free month before, but now we're doing it on a different account. So <laughs> Shh, don't tell HBO, um, breaking the law, breaking the law. Dang it. He's doing it again, <laughs> <laughs> which also kind of makes me like you. So stop it. I don't like liking people. Um, um, but yeah, we've, we've been watching Westworld. We got into that. But then right around the same time, season two of Ozark came out. And I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, now, Nate, you, you've you at least watched it, right? No, I've watched a good part of season one, yeah. Season one, do all you like its it? Blueness, all in its blueness, yeah. It's different. Yeah. It, it, it's it's one of those that when we first started it, like we weren't in the mood for it. Mm, but, okay. you know, it just kind of kept watching after a while. And so, yeah, it's, and it's Chuck, kind of. Have you seen it, Chuck? Uh, no, I have not seen any of it. I haven't even seen a trailer. Oh, so. wow. Wow. Okay. I'm blind. Well, did you, did you like, uh, Breaking Bad? I did. I enjoy, I, I thought, I always compare Breaking Bad to a crock pot. It was super slow, but what you got in the end was delicious. Okay. Well, I would argue, correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, but I would argue that, uh, for me, Ozark is actually very similar to, uh, Breaking Bad in the fact that, like, uh, I actually, I actually equate it even down to who they chose to star in it because in Breaking Bad they chose somebody who is mainly known for uh, Malcolm in the Middle, the dad, and he's very funny. And they took that, and then the next, the next big series he did was super serious and like gut wrenching and stuff like that. So then on the other side you have. Oh, I, Jason Bateman. I, mm-hmm. I lost his name for a second. They choose Jason Bateman, which for the main part, I I only know his his funny side. Like I know he's probably done serious. I know there's ugh, I can't think of it one, but one involves a funeral, and so there there are examples of him doing serious acting in movies. But for the main part, I mean, when you think of Jason Bateman, you think funny and you think you know Arrested Development. That's what you think. And so they took him and then have this super, super serious show. And so, and they both kind of deal with the cartel and drugs and stuff like that. So that's why I feel like if you liked Breaking Bad, there's a very, very good chance that you'll like, like, you'll like Ozark. I don't know why, but you will. Um, And I mean, it's just, it's a really good show. I think one of the biggest positives for the show is that in Breaking Bad, um, pretty much the only person that was really pulling me through the show was um, crap. What's his? What's the Jesse? main guy? What's the main guy's name? Walt. Uh, Brian Cranston. Thank you, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, and obviously uh, 
Aaron Paul, the guy who played Jesse, those two were pretty much the people who were pulling me through the entire show. All the supporting characters, there were a couple of really good ones, but all the supporting characters were just kind of there. And then one thing in particular, um, uh, Brian Cranston's wife in the show, just like, I kind of hated her. Oh, when, she's a... Yeah. <laughs> Definitely bleeping that. Um, in in Ozark, although, I feel like the wife is actually doing her part to keep her family safe. And so, like, I'm attaching way more to that than just some girl who's obviously stuck in the wrong situation. And instead of just leaving him, she stays there and then whines and bitches the whole time. Yeah. The problem with characters like that is... If they get their way, the show is over. There is no more show. And it's exactly. like, how are we as an audience supposed to care about them at all? Exactly. It's like, well, if this bi- if she succeeds, then we don't get to watch anything. So boo her. Yeah, exactly. And I could, yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of the things I think was the biggest problem with, like, even, like, with The Walking Dead. Some of the girl, uh, some of the women actors on there, like, they were just given such a wrong part. Because it's like, oh, they're trying to be empowering, but it's like, when you do empowerment in the wrong way, it goes from empowering to just a bitch character, and everybody hates that character. So this one, you have the wife, she's done something appalling, I won't say what, uh, from the very beginning of the season, she's done something appalling, but then they take the situation, and she actually helps out, she actually does her part, from the very beginning. Unlike the one, uh, the girl from uh, Breaking Bad, where it's Skyler. like season four or five, she finally starts to help out. But like I said, I feel like she's complaining the entire time. She is. Whereas here we are, very beginning of the of the season, she knows about everything and she helps out with it. And you know, and I don't want to give too much away because if you've only been through part of season one, then you know. Definitely what happens at the end of season one is obviously carrying it over into this one and how they're dealing with the situation is really good. Um, and I just I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I think we're only about two episodes in, but it's 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 definitely good. And I I'll, I will second my my statement. If you like Breaking Bad, go ahead and give it give it a try. And I mean, just the performances alone from Jason Bateman and uh, the woman, which I apologize, I don't remember her name. Um, The performances from them are just really good. And then I'd even argue uh, kind of sorry, I was I started this and then I forgot to finish it. So Breaking Bad, only Jesse and um, and Walter get you through the series, whereas this one, a lot of the side characters are very interesting and feel like real enough people that even the side characters I'm interested in. So that's my Ozark outpouring. I tried to, <laughs> I tried to alliterate it. It didn't work too well. There's no place like Ozark. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, check it out. Both of you. And like Nate, can we talk about a serious problem that you have? What? Stop not finishing starting things. a freaking series and then not finishing it. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> just follow your heart, Nate. Just follow your heart. No, because then he wouldn't watch anything. He'd just be like in the corner, like I'm gonna watch Ninja Turtles because yeah, it's that's familiar. familiar. <laughs> 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 
All right. Um, so what have you guys been up to? Let us know in the comments below or on Twitter or Discord. All right. Next up is a new segment called Incoming Threats. Incoming Threats is something we're going to do at the beginning of every month and is basically going to be what's coming up in the next month, both uh, for games, movies, and TV shows. And this will also kind of give you an idea of what we might be talking about in the upcoming um, podcast. God, why can't I talk? Let's get started. We'll, we'll start with games because okay. why not? I guess. Yeah. Destiny Forsaken comes out on 9-4, so September 4th. Uh, I, I'm sort of excited for this. Um, uh, I just got destiny for free. <laughs> so I'm one of those. Oh yeah. Yeah. With the, uh, PlayStation games with gold, right? Or not PS plus games, right? Yep. PS plus. We just got it for free. Um, I'm actually genuinely excited to get that going because, um, I, I might've said it like two or three times by now. So sorry for all the listeners, but my basic, basically my story was I played the beta for destiny two. I actually really enjoyed it way more than destiny one. And I had 100% um, dedicated myself to getting destiny for Christmas, but then destiny, you know, destinied and (laughs) screwed everything up. And so then I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm good. (laughs) So now that it's free and I can kind of jump into it and do everything and then kind of separately decide, okay, do I want to get the DLC or do I just want to play through the, you know, now that I can do that, I'm actually kind of excited about it. And I mean, uh, Nate, you've actually been playing through it, right? Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. Um, And it's one of those that I really don't even know if I'm going to get to. Don't even f***ing say it. Don't even say it. (laughs) Games, it's different because uh, there's a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yes, games are totally different. They are. You spend more on games, so I mean, yeah, you should be more motivated. <laughs> Forsaken, I'm, there's a whole thing with it. I'm not even going to... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm real melancholy when it comes to Destiny. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that Destiny's free right now, and I'm still like, do I want to take the time to download that? It probably tells me that I don't need to, <laughs> to play it. Right. The one thing I'm actually interested in Forsaken... Um, is the PVE, PVE, PVP VE mode that they have called Gambit. So you're playing against each other, but then you're also playing with like, you know, NPC, like the, you know, character or the enemies or whatever. And that's kind of cool. It sounds interesting. Um, but you know, it's like, ah, is it enough to really make me give a rat's ass? I don't know. Probably not now. All right. So then up next is uh, Immortal Unchained on September 7th. Um, I'd say the closest thing I could compare this to would be something like Too Human because mm. it's sci fi, there's guns, but there's also melee weapons. Um, this actually looks interesting. This looks like a total solid uh, wait for a sale for me. Right, yeah. Like I'm looking at the trailer right now, um, and it looks like the like the old school middle tier game. You know, it's not quite yeah. AAA. It's not quite 
I guess a double A game would be what I would say. Yeah, and it just looks like kind of like a bombastic shooter. It yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it totally looks cool. It look it looks completely doable. But for September, it's like, like what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> come on. I mean, you might as well have put it out on like, like December. Like, <laughs> I mean, like that's the only other month I could think that would be bad because it's like everybody's already done their Christmas shopping, especially this year. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. Hey Nate, what do you think? Nate? Nate? Nate! Up next, obviously, is Spider-Man on September 7th. Wait, there's a Spider-Man game? I know, right? I don't even think we've ever even mentioned it. Um, So, yeah, Spider-Man, obviously, I I don't want to go back into it. We're excited for it, so good Mm -hmm. for Spider-Man. I'm definitely going to rent it, so definitely expect some impressions Uh, for next time. I've already pre-ordered it, so it's, it's coming. So... Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider on September 14th. Um, this has to be like if if Battlefield didn't already change their date, this would be this would this is definitely the Titanfall of this year. It comes yeah. out, it's probably gonna be great, but I just don't know how many people are gonna like it compared to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, not that much long later is going to be Call of Duty and and um, Red Dead Redemption and this and that. So it's like, ugh. Tomb Ra- it's been really weird for me because, uh, like, the, the Tomb Raider new trilogy that they've had, it's, like, the most – it's the least respected great game that I remember. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Like, it has the legacy of being Tomb Raider. Everyone likes Tomb Raiders. It's an amazing game. It has great combat. It's all that stuff. But it doesn't seem to ever move the needle. And like I'm guilty of it too because uh, my brother-in-law is a huge fan of fan of these ones, so he buys them and then I just borrow them from him when he's done. Yeah. So I'm not doing it either. But at the same time, I'm just like I don't get why this game. I don't get why it's coming out when it does. Like just put it in the beginning of the year. Hell, put it out in the summer when there's nothing to play. Yeah. And it would sell gangbusters. But you can't expect it to compete because it hasn't. It's been proven now twice that it can't compete with the big guns. Yeah. I mean, the second one had the biggest misfortune to have it only on the play, or only on the Xbox. To and start, then when yeah. it first, when it finally came out, I think I rented it, and it was just like when it when it did come out, there was just so much other stuff coming out, mm-hmm. so it got shunned twice. Once when it came out on the Xbox, and then again when it came out on the PlayStation, because it's like even if I really liked it, it's like it just felt like an old game because it's like, well, this yep. has already been out for a, a freaking year. Yep. So, and Tomb Raider has the name recognition where even though it's a new game for the PlayStation, anybody who sees it is like, well, that's an old game. I know Tomb Raider came out. Yeah, and so why should I buy an old game? Definitely. So yeah, ugh. it's such a sad. I mean, especially I mean if if Nate was here. <laughs> Uh, if if he was if he was here he would he would say that like obviously just like i think titanfall is one of the best like oh i love you know double jump shooters out Mm -hmm. there and i mean it was such a good game that just got so shunned and i I mean if there was a game i had to choose this is it this is the next titanfall it's probably from what i've seen i haven't seen a single thing that i haven't liked but even even six months from now, I don't know if I want to buy it. I don't know if I want to own it. I mean, the uh, the other one's been out for uh, two, three years now, and it, something like that. Yeah, I it's come out on sale, and I've wanted to get it, and either I didn't have the money, or it's like, oh, look at this pretty thing. So yeah, but yeah, uh, honestly, if my brother in law hadn't given it to me, I probably would have never played it, just yeah. because it just didn't move the needle for me. Yeah, 
in that way. So compared to other games around it. Yeah. No. So uh, up next, Valkyria Chronicles Four, September twenty fifth. Um, uh, I'm honestly hoping this comes out as a free to play on uh, PlayStation Plus because I really like the Valkyria Chronicles. I really like um, the way they have it set up, where it's turn based, but you get to kind of move around freely and aim freely, but. You know, like that whole style that they did is really cool, and I actually really like it. But not enough to pay for it. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the hugest. Like, I guess a really uh, another really good example is XCOM Two. It came out. It came out on the consoles afterwards. Everybody was talking about how awesome it was. But it's like I really like that. And it's like uh, I'm never gonna. Do it. it came out on uh, for the PlayStation Plus, and it's like boom, got it, played it, loved it. But it's just like at the same time, I would have never paid money for it personally. Yeah, th- what about you? That just happened to me with uh, We Happy Few. Oh, yeah? I was super excited about the game. I saw the price tag and I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold off on that yeah, one. Um, good. So, <laughs> so, and then uh, with Valkyria Chronicles, it's, I'm kind of in the same boat. If it comes out for something for free, I'll give it a try. But otherwise, mm-hmm. it's a pass for me. Yeah. And I mean, I really like strategy games or really like strategy RPG games. Me too. But yeah, it's just like, it. I feel like that time has passed for the most part. As far as like back in the Final Fantasy Tactics mm-hmm. age, I'm like, heck mm-hmm. yeah, I want to sit I down I got to be in the mood for it now. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's just also just because you get older and it's like spending, you know, spending like 20 minutes on a single battle of mm-hmm. a turn-based thing is one thing. But, you know, having something like bombastic like a Call of Duty where you go through a mission and it only takes you like five minutes, it's just different. <laughs> it's harder to compete, yeah. Yeah, so uh, next is Life is Strange 2. Um, September 20th. It is, isn't it? No, September 27th. Did you play the first one? Uh, I did. I did. Um, and I thought it was good. I was surprised with how much love it received. Like, everyone was like, this is so great. This is so this. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I thought it was all right. You right. Know? And that's kind of, yeah. I mean, the fact that I didn't download the Captain Spirit or whatever the free little thing was they mm-hmm. released. Um, I feel like if this ever comes out on Super... Because I think that's how I played the first one. It came out and like the whole season was like five bucks right, for everything. So I was right. like, yeah, let me do that. So I feel like that'll be what Life is Strange too. How about you? Have you Were you a big fan of it? Uh, never played it. And oh, okay. I don't know if I ever will. Like, I want... You're not missing <sighs> much, I don't think. I don't know. I just... Like, I feel like... Here's, here's the thing about this particular type of uh, story or thing... I think Telltale ruined it for me because they came out with season one of Walking Dead. I absolutely loved it. And that's like the best that it could be. It is the best it could be. And then season two came out. And then uh, Wolf Among Us came out. And then Batman. And then like it's just Mm -hmm. one after another. and, And it beat it so far into the ground that it's hard. Whereas Until Dawn is kind of the same thing it's very story driven very uh choice driven but it's one complete game Mm -hmm. you know i don't imagine 
I, I mean, I, another good example is season four came out. It's going to be the last one. It's going to, or not going oh, to, yeah. it has come out. And it's it's supposed to wrap up Clementine. I love Clementine. That character is, you know, like, I have such a nostalgia feeling for her. Mm-hmm. And I want to try it. But it's like, the thought of having to wait for another game. Like, the wait for, um, the wait for season one of Walking Dead was palpable and I could feel mm-hmm. it and I was so excited. And then everyone after that, I'm like, I have to wait to finish the game. This is so stupid. I've learned with telltale and uh, just to let it stack. I just now wait until yeah. the seasons are out because I went through the same thing. Um, and I was just like, I, I just don't want to wait that long. And then I forget what happened a little bit and I lose some of the, the story and the detail, which in a game like a uh, telltale game, that's pretty much all there is a story. Cause you're not exactly, really coming exactly. for the gameplay. I'm like, I'm just going to wait until they all come out. And so that's what I do. And I usually like take like a day or two beat the game. And I'm like, okay, that was good. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's unfortunate because something like life is strange. I mean, it's, I mean, you can probably attest to this. It's probably 100% different than walking dead telltale. Or any oh, yeah. Telltale game. Yeah, it is. Um, to me, like I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. But if you were to say like you could only play like a Telltale game or this game, I would go Telltale. And oh that's yeah, just me. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, for me, it just kind of got ruined. So, um, God, I keep we keep saying for me. I gave Nate such a hard time last time about saying for me, for me. Um, it's in my just opinion, us. <laughs> if I was being honest with myself, which I never do, you almost went full meatloaf there. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, you never go full meatloaf. <laughs> you never go full meatloaf. <laughs> what are you doing? I told you eighty times you don't go full meatloaf. Um. All right, then we're gonna head right into the movies. Um, Peppermint. Uh, Peppermint is uh, who's the girl who played Alias. And the uh, electric movie, Jennifer Garner. There you go. It's Jennifer Garner, and it's uh, it's the typical male revenge plot where you know the wife and kid gets murdered, and then he goes and kills everybody. But hey, twist! Now it's a Wayman. Oh, so, so exotic. Yeah. So now it's Jennifer Garner. It actually does look pretty good. I'm gonna give it a definite rent it for me uh method man is in it so you know it's oh hell yeah man hell yeah method man you're so cool yeah yeah uh that is uh september 7th and he might be a good guy because his name in the movie is agent barker oh method man other side of the law interesting (laughs) um up next next gen which is also out on the 7th this is a netflix one and uh it looks it looks like um big hero six like the exact same art style the exact same like just the animation of it. it's obviously a cg as well but it looks exactly like it just the way even everybody kind of has like an asian tinge to them like they're Mm -hmm. not asian they're not like fully asian but they kind of look asian you know never go fully um and I mean, even even the robot reminds me of Baymax. Uh, Baymax, yeah. yeah so. Do you think we're ever going to get another um, Big Hero Six? I think we would like have a Big Hero to. Seven. That one, that one was so critically acclaimed, and I feel like it did pretty good in the box office as well. Yeah, that's what I thought, but it, uh, it's weird. Hmm. I thought I'd hear more about it, you know. But 
you think you'd hear anything, but, you know. Disney. <laughs> yeah, right. Dead old Disney. Uh, oh, ne- we're going to make Frozen 87, please? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there supposed to be another Frozen? Uh, no, we're not oh, getting into that. No, Frozen. we're not getting into that. Yeah. I don't even care. Let, just let it go. That's what I said. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> Um Next up, The Nun is also on September 7th. Ooh, this is, I don't do spookums. Uh, you don't, don't do, do spookums, spookums? At- I, I don't like spookums. I'm staying away. I wish I could do spookums, but my wife doesn't do spookums. And so, like, uh, being married and 30, like, you just don't get any chances mm-hmm. to just go out by yourself and watch a good spookum. So, the last spookum I saw was The Conjuring oh, back when yeah. that was in theaters. And I didn't want to go, and they paid for my tickets. And I said, I will go, but I will not look at the screen. And the entire time, I looked away. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was strong for the whole movie. Yeah, the Did last one like I saw in the theater was actually It. Um, okay, how was that? Oh, God, so good. So good. Not oh, yeah. only was it a good movie, it was also a good horror movie. You know, it okay. had a few tropes, but I feel like they did it in such a good way that it didn't feel tropey. Because it's okay. so easy for a trope to feel tropey. It's another thing to have it in your movie, but then somehow it doesn't feel that way. It actually fits the story. And I think that's because when somebody makes a movie and they like, this is a horror movie, so here's my checklist of things that I need to have. And they throw it in the movie without making it natural. Whereas it, they throw a couple of tropes in there, but it fits. And mm. it's really hard to do that. But this isn't about it. This is about none. It's part of the Conjuring universe, which, yeah, that's a freaking thing now. I yeah, hate right? how this. a lot of freaking horror movies do this nowadays. But it's like Conjuring was one thing, and then Conjuring 2 was the prequel to it. And then Annabelle, and then Annabelle was the prequel mm-hmm. to that. But then they had to have another Annabelle, which was the prequel to that. And it just keeps going back and back and back. And they, they the same thing with Paranormal Activity. I'm like, why are you going backwards? Like, I would rather – what I like about The Nun is the fact that it's part – of the conjuring universe. It's not conjuring three hashtag one. Now she's a nun. Oh God. It's just so stupid. I don't know why all franchises have to do what horror franchises always have to go backwards. And it makes no sense. And I think that's because they paint themselves into a corner. Cause it's like, ah, we defeated the evil. Well, what do we do next time? I mean, I don't know. Next up one. I'm actually sort of excited about, I don't know uh, the predator for September yeah. 15th. I'm a big Shane Black fan. I loved um, the uh, what was it, the Nice Guys mm-hmm. that he did, uh, and I personally enjoyed Iron Man three. And this might be a little controversial, but remember the just the Predator with uh, the last one that came out, uh, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, thank you. I actually enjoyed that one. Me too. I always yeah. just have a soft spot for the Predator. Yeah. Um, I have five dollar movie nights on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably when I'm going to go see it. Actually, you know, you know I do too. So a nice Tuesday, five dollar matinee. Boom. Yep. Yep. I mean, I uh, I haven't really seen anything that I hate about this one. Um, so I mean that that's a good thing. I mean, especially when you're when you're digging into somebody's nostalgic. The number one thing that a fan could say about it is, well, I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, the only weird thing I've seen about it is in the trailer. They introduce like the super predator. You know, like super he's predator. like the predator of predators, and I'm just like. 
yeah, but you did already do that in like another movie. Are we just pretending like that movie doesn't exist? Like that's like the one, one thing they're like, oh, not a super predator. I was like, there was three of them in a movie before. Do you not remember this? Yeah, right. Um, next up, the house with all the clocks in the wall. Or Goosebumps 2. Right, Goosebumps 1.5, because there's already a 2 coming. Uh, this right. one's September 21st. Uh, this actually looks interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like... I'm not familiar big... with the property, but yeah, uh, it looked right? cool when I saw it. it well, from what <laughs> I saw, it's just a Harry Potter wannabe. And I mm-hmm. mean, but now it's by Disney, so we should give it crap, oh, it I Disney. guess. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, when I looked at it, I was just like, well, oh, that's weird. Like, Jack Black is playing another, like, kooky magic guy. You know? Yeah. Like, All right. We'll see. Yep. Up next is Night School with uh, Kevin Hart. It's on September 28th. Night School, for me, is just another Kevin Hart movie. Like, mm-hmm. if you like Kevin Hart, then you're going to like Night School. You're going to like yeah. Night School. But if you're like me and you think that he's not good as a lead but really good as a side character... You're going to hate it. <laughs> I think it depends because I know he's with, I don't remember the lady's name, but she's uh, had an uptick in popularity recently. Oh, yeah. Um, and I forget her name, but if they can carry the movie together, it might be good. But the last couple Kevin Hart movies I've seen have just been like, oh, okay, I don't really need to see you for a while. Yeah. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. Let's just break up. The last Kevin Hart movie I even remotely liked was Jumanji. Because any, I have any, not seen Jumanji. Oh yeah, any other time he's in a movie, he's the Melissa McCarthy of African Americans. It's just like whoop de doo. Why do people keep giving this person money? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think one of the most egregious things to ever happen is that the the coolest premise of you know muppets but now this is what happens off screen one of the absolute coolest premises was given to melissa mother mccarthy and i'm like i would love to go see that movie and then i see that motherfuckers in it and i'm just like great there goes any desire i have of ever seeing that movie yeah i enjoyed her in uh, bridesmaid and i thought she was good in spy yeah uh, if you remember spy but like ever since then it's just kind of been like She's like the Zach Galifianakis, like a female Zach Galifianakis, where she started off Ooh, pretty that's hot. That's a good point. And then it's like, drop, 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 drop for me. Well, and see, the, the same thing about, you made a perfect, good good analogy, because the because what's the problem with Zach Galifianakis is that if he's not playing himself, he's playing some weird caricature. And mm-hmm. and so it just, I mean, it's just weird. Yeah, I don't like her, so... And they work as side, like you were saying with Kevin Hart, they work as side pieces, like as part of the plot. But when you try to make that the full meal, yep. it, it doesn't work. Yeah, definitely. It does not work. Up next, Hold the Dark, which is on uh, Netflix. This is actually kind of interesting because it's talking about a story that's a real life story, but not a lot of people talk about, where it's basically like this, um, this community in the hills and they have to worry about wolves, basically. Like, at night, wolves will come in and, like, kill you if you stay outside or something. And this is a real-life thing, but nobody ever really talks about it. Is this it. a drama or is it a, it's a, drama. Uh, like a documentary? Yeah. It's a, it's okay. a drama. And so it actually has Bernard from uh, Westworld, the guy who plays him. 
Um, oh, okay, okay. I really like him, and he looks like a seriously grizzled uh, hunter, basically. Kind of like uh, Liam Neeson from Grey or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but this one looks... The most blue balls movie that ever was. <laughs> the Grey. Yeah. And I mean... Like, when's Liam Neeson fighting this wolf? Never. <laughs> um, Spoiler. Yeah, this, this one looks like... This one looks really interesting, and there's intrigue and mystery. So, yeah, and it's Netflix. I, I always hate to say it, but it's like, hey, it's free. Why the hell not? So, uh, yeah. yeah. Next up is Smallfoot on September 28th as well. Um, that is the prequel to Littlefoot from The Land Before Time, correct? <laughs> oh, God. No, this one's like, it's it's Yetis or whatever, and one of them's voiced by... Uh, uh, Who's who's Justin Timberlake but buff? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. That's a lot. <laughs> What's his name? Ah, oh, God, I hate when I do this. Justin Timberlake but buff. I'll Google that. We'll see what comes. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Thank you, Channing Tatum. He is. T- tell me that he is not uh, Justin Timberlake but buff. If you insist, he is he, not. Justin he Timberlake. no. I'm telling you, he is. I don't know. He is like I always. I don't know if this is bad to say, but whenever I see Channing Tatum, I just feel like he's a very good-looking guy, but he has a very like effeminate face. Like I'm always like, what? like, thank you for proving my face. point. <laughs> That's my what? exact point. His Justin voice... Timberlake is grizzled. Hey. He's got gravitas. <laughs> he the the way he carries himself, the the way like when he gets excited, his voice goes a little bit high or whatever. Everything about him, even his just acting style in general, especially when he's mm. doing a comedy, is very Justin Timberlake ish. But okay. he actually does some freaking weights. Like that's the only freaking difference. Um, <laughs> we gone way too far into Tatum Town. So, but yeah, it's you a can't little, go too far into Tatum Town. <laughs> Apparently LeBron James is in this movie, so Oh, is he? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. LeBron James. I mean, it's James all Corey. voices anyways, so it's like right. he's really just there for the fact that they can put him in a commercial and be like, this is his name. <laughs> LeBron James as LeBron James. <laughs> um uh, if I had a choice, obviously, between Next Gen and Smallfoot, even the fact that Next Gen is on Netflix, so it's technically free, I would still pay for Next Gen over Smallfoot. It looks like okay. such a cash in. Like, you know, earlier we were talking about double A uh, games. This looks like, a, like double a double A CG <laughs> movie, and it just does not look that interesting at all. Um, then Moving on to TV. Yeah, moving on to TV. Um, a couple I'm actually interested in. And then Iron Fist. Um, <laughs> oh, poor Iron Fist. Iron Fist season two just started off on September 7th. Oh, please just. I mean, the, I've heard people say that it's going to be better than the first season. But do you realize how low that bar is? There's pretty much. This then there's <laughs> Iron Fist season one. And then there's like, you know, the Mariana Trench. And then there's good TV. So saying it's better be, than Iron Fist. I, I didn't hate Iron Fist like as much as other people did. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was one of the weaker yes. Marvel seasons for sure. I'll I'll but be like, honest. I, I didn't hate it. I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't hate it either. But I'd say if we were if we were to equate it the full season as a movie, the third act just completely lost me. And mm-hmm. it was just like, yep. oh god, this is it started That's dragging. Like, 
that's my problem with the Marvel sh- uh, shows on um, Netflix is when you get to like the middle parts, like they kind of don't matter mm-hmm. and they can lose the plot so that the ending doesn't stick. Like I feel like they always start super hot. Oh God, yes. Then it gets cooled and then all of a sudden they try to heat it right back up and it's like you can't do that. You got to let it simmer. You got to let it do it. Yeah. You can't just turn it full broil. And I feel like that's what they do. And I've also felt like since I've enjoyed seasons since this, but honestly, they peaked at um at Daredevil season one. I feel like that's the best yep. that they've done. Yeah. And I think the closest that they've gotten to that is Punisher season one, which I was a big fan of. Did you not like the Punisher? No. I, I could not oh, even okay. get through it. I pulled a Nate. Ah, you just stopped watching. <laughs> um but yeah, or you just left the podcast yeah. early. Yeah, right. Oh, you can't see him because he's not here. Um, no. no, season. I'd say season two of Daredevil was was great, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. You're right. It didn't hit that peak. Um, I I I would actually say the closest that they got to Daredevil season one was Daredevil season two. That was the closest because Punisher. It just felt like such a side story that it just mm. didn't feel like I needed to even watch it. And like there was just there was yeah there was just no motivation for me. Not much. And who knows? Maybe if it would have came out at a different time where I didn't have other crap to watch, then maybe I would have given a. Sh- but no gotcha but next yeah. up super excited uh september 14th is when they put out bojack horseman have you seen bojack horseman N- uh, no oh. bojack is like a thing that i'm always like oh i should watch bojack you really horseman, should and i never get to it yeah and it's just like one it's like that and um what's it called um the one with uh, the pickle rick oh my god you haven't seen rick and morty uh, no i know i'm losing a lot of credentials you, and you're like you why did really i invite are. him <laughs> but like those are two and honestly i've tr- i tried to watch the first episode of rick and morty and i was like this is f-ing awful <laughs> like i couldn't i got totally like totally agree totally agree 5 minutes in and i was like this is god awful why do people like this and so i stopped but eh. I mean, Rick and Morty, I can totally agree with you as far as uh, the first episode. The first episode, every time I watch that, I'm just like, like, if I didn't go through and watch the rest of the season, I would, I could totally understand why people hated it. And I mean, even rewatching it, I really just watch it because it's the first episode (laughs) and I Mm -hmm. like to see how far they come. But then like, as soon as you get into like the second episode, um, then they kind of start, they kind of start getting their rhythm i guess because the first one kind of thing yeah yeah, the first one was just really so convoluted and just nothing really happened while a lot happened at the same time so but then and it's like i don't know who these characters are yes exactly like you're right in the middle of the any time exactly yeah and so yeah once you get into the more episodes then they actually start having a beginning middle and end for each you know, episode. And so I, you know, yeah, it gets so much better. So Bojack yeah. Horseman, um, I'd say, I'd say that most people, I would think most people who like, um, Rick and Morty also like Bojack Horseman. And the main reason that people even like Rick and Morty and Bojack Horseman in my, in my opinion, which you might just like it because anthropomorphic, you know, animals, but the main reason they shouldn't talk like us. They're not people. Oh, <laughs> throwing shade you're so shady you should be an umbrella oh 
should be. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, anyways, so, but I think the main reason people, a lot of people like Bojack and uh, Rick and Morty is just because it's smart and there's consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of talking about this with uh, Disenchanted, Disenchantment. Um, the main thing I didn't like about it is because I was just coming off the heels of Rick and Morty and to have a show that was just so serialized, but also tried to have, it tried to have its cake and eat it too, where like the first two episodes were very much connected. Then they had like four episodes where nothing was connected to anything. And then the last two episodes were very much connected. And so to have that, it was just so disjointed. Because you literally, the entire middle of the season of Disenchantment, you could have watched it in absolutely any order, and it wouldn't have mattered. Mm. Other than one or two characters show back up towards the end, and you're like, oh yeah, it's that person. But BoJack Horseman and Rick and Morty, what's so nice about them is that, you know, it there's an actual story from beginning to end of the season. And so, like, I like series like that. I like, yeah. I like, and I also like that when something happens in one episode, it will be remembered and it will be even be like referenced in the next one. And they'll even because be it respects like, you as an audience exactly. member and it tells you, hey, not only do you care, we care to make sure we got our straight. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. also, I love, I love a series that have like running jokes and stuff like, so that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I absolutely love Archer is because they remember what happened and they, they make sure to bring it up again and again and just consequences. Even if it is just, if you think about it, consequences can also equate to a good running joke. It's like people, mm-hmm. the people in the series remember that that joke happened before and therefore it keeps it going. And so I really like that. And, Bojack Horseman is just one of those that, you know, if you haven't watched it, you know, definitely get it a watch. And I don't even, in me personally, I don't know if other people might disagree. I don't even think it's one of those that's like, oh, get past the first three episodes. It's like, eh. It's pretty clear from the very beginning of Bojack Horseman, just the nihilism and the absolute tone of the of the series and yeah so gotcha dragon prince is coming out on september 21st and the interesting thing about this is that it's done by the same people who did avatar um i i I, i'm gonna give away some cred here but i never got through airbender you know although Mm -hmm. i know the pedigree it has so them putting that pedigree, but in this world, is what makes me interested in it. Yeah, I I, I have seen the uh, original Avatar. I started watching some of the the second the sequel series that they the had. Kira I didn't finish that one. Yeah, Korra or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I was a big fan of Avatar, and it's just kind of like the same thing you were talking about with BoJack Horseman, like the callbacks and the remembering, mm-hmm. and like so like the the problem that happens a lot. For example, do you watch Arrow at all? No, I'm not well, a nerd. Right. Uh there's like a <laughs> there's this terrible thing that happens, right? Um, where someone is partly responsible for nuking a town. Oh god. And killing a bunch of people, right? Oh jeez. And so that should have repercussions. And that you just you just had more of a reaction to that than that character did the next season. Oh jeez. Because it's just like it has no effect. Oh, okay. And it's just like, well, if it doesn't affect you, why should it affect me and why should I care? Good point. And with Avatar it was constantly everything that everything that happened to them 
had an effect and was remembered. And if they can carry that over to this one and you throw in dragons, I'm in. Yeah, dragons. Dragons is the best. I will fly one and he'll be red and his name will be Tony. Uh, next one up, Maniac on the 21st as well. Uh, the best one, the best thing about this, it has Emma, Emma Stone and uh, Jonah Hill. And so okay. this one looks really cool because it almost looks like a little bit of Player One or Ready Player One mixed in with like a cerebral kind of uh, TV series. And so it it looks really interesting. And even though they did one of those trailers that really didn't show anything other than here's a bunch of scenes just mishmashed together. So you don't really understand like, okay, is this like Ready Player One where it's virtual reality or is it like they're implanting dreams into their head? Either way, I think it looks really cool. Um, and I also like, I do like when, um, com comedic actors can really pull off a serious role. And mm -hmm. just from the trailer, it looks like he's pulled it off. Now, granted, you could argue that Jonah Hill has pulled off serious before, but I always feel like even in his serious roles, he's it's funny. with comedy. Yeah. So, I mean, especially if you go Wolf of Wall Street, I mean. And uh, even Moneyball, he's, he's yeah, got some. Exactly. In Moneyball, his nerdiness is kind of played off for laughs so in this one it looks like full serious you know even though there might be jokes here and there but it looks full serious and yeah i just i really like it so yeah. uh next up is actually one i'm kind of excited for which is the good doctor on september 24th um I think I said this like last episode or something like that, but basically like what I really liked about this in particular is the fact that um, it was, it's like house, but it, it's like house in the sense that each case that's brought to their attention is very house esque. Uh, it's made mm -hmm. by the same people. So that's why. Um, but then it's the characters that I like more. I mean, I liked the characters, but I feel like in house, the three interns or whatever, they were all different, but it's like, you could, you could kind of see where it was going to end. Whereas and they were all kind of dicks too. Yeah. And yeah. they were all just very samey. I mean, they yeah, all exactly. wanted power. They all wanted to be successful. And granted, you have that in this one, too. But I feel like the real showstopper is, I don't know his name, but he also played in uh, Bates Motel. Um, and it's the main guy. He he is autistic. And so the struggle of an autistic person also trying to be a doctor, trying to be taken serious, but he's also an intern. So at the same time of him being right most of the time, he's just not looked at in this way. And it's not just because he's autistic. It's also because he's an intern. So it's like, you know, they don't pay attention. to, And that struggle, I just really, I really liked. And so... Um, the only big complaint I had about the good doctor is that I felt like season one ended and I like, I was expecting another episode cause it's not like there was this big cliffhanger or anything. So I'm like, Oh, mm -hmm. is it, is it no longer going on? Like a couple of weeks went by and we kept looking at Hulu looking for another episode. It's like, Oh, apparently they're done. <laughs> I always, so I feel like it's a very common trope now in, uh, in film, not in film and TV, where it's like, there's this guy or this woman, either way, and uh, they're world. very special, <laughs> and they could do this one thing better than everyone else, but they're also socially awkward mm -hmm. in this season of awesome person, but socially awkward. Awesome like, person, like but socially awkward. 
That's like the, the whole premise of like, hey, you're it's like you're really great at working the deli, but you cannot talk to people <laughs> in this this year in sandwich shop. Like, <laughs> It's a good. It's a good point because yeah, if you look at like the Finder or yeah. the Mentalist, the Mentalist, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so many things. It's just like, hey, this guy's really good, but he's also f-ing weird. <laughs> he's a little f-ing weird. I'll see you. He's yeah. a weirdo. <laughs> Don't trust him. No. But also, he's gonna save you life someday. Yeah, right. Uh, next up on the twenty fifth is Lethal Weapon. I think Do you watch this series? I have not, but that's because Hulu was super weird. Hulu did the thing where they delete an episode after it came out. So I didn't I wasn't able to jump on the bandwagon until way late. Then um all of a sudden they released all the episodes. So I'm like, okay, so I just that's one of the things I'm I'm ready to get around to it for sure. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping by the twenty fifth I-, I can get around to it. Now I'm, I'm interested just because you know about the main actor walking out or, yes, or getting fired. Thank you. Right? That's exactly where yeah. I was going to go. Spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen Lethal Weapon One: the main guy who plays—I almost said McLean. It's not McLean, is it? Oh no, oh. John McLean's from uh, Die Hard. Yeah, okay. Sorry, uh, it's Riggs and Murtaugh. Riggs, thank you. The main guy who plays Riggs gets killed and it's be- the reason he gets kid- killed is because apparently the guy who played him was an absolute you know oh wait he got killed yeah oh, sorry like i said I've, like no, no, I, I said spoilers for anybody I, uh, <laughs> I thought what i had read it at cuz i know stifler is coming in to be the new oh yeah the new and i had thought like the guy from uh, america pie and i thought he was just replacing the actor i didn't realize no, no, it was no. going to be a whole new character yeah he's going to be a new character and so that's kind of like what i'm interested in because obviously lethal weapon season 1 i would imagine other than a bunch of filler episodes pretty much did uh. the movies but it maybe now in, in a different order or and more elongated yeah exactly so now we take the main character riggs and he gets killed and it's really just because the the actor was a complete dick yeah and nobody like yeah exactly so so now to see where they can go with uh sort of something i loved but going a different direction i'm interested you know i i'm very very apprehensive but at the same time it's like okay um hopefully it works out yeah, yeah. i mean it went on for an entire season and got a season two. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And even when right. it was out, I was kind of mad that I couldn't watch it. I was kind of mad that, like, I think it's when I when I came around to okay, I want to watch this. It was already up to like episode uh, like six or something, and so they deleted all the other ones. And I'm like, well, I would have liked to watch this, but I want to start mm-hmm. on season or episode six. So eh. that happened to me with the hundred. Uh, I like the new season of the hundred. Oh yeah, <laughs> started releasing them, and then that's all of a sudden. Nope, you can watch episode three, and it's like, but what about episode one and two? Yeah, you know, same thing always uh, happens with me for uh, Supernatural. It's like uh, okay. I always forget when it comes out, and then when we get to it, it's like episode three. It's like, oh, but what happened to Sam and Dean? <laughs> It's this. I cannot do it out of order. Capitan. <laughs> All right. So that is pretty much the show for this week. So coming up next week, we're going to be doing our next edition of the Comic Book Book Club. Now, in the past, I've usually gotten a, uh, I've gotten our third chair to give us a suggestion. So Chuck, you are our third chair today. 
what would you suggest for our comic book book club? Oh, right on the spot you're putting. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, right on the spot. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what we could do. Uh how about Batman the Long Halloween? Have you done that one? Ooh. That sounds interesting. Bat- it's either the Long Halloween or the Long Night. It's one of those. I think it's Long Halloween. All right, and then also coming up. So, all right. So, this week's um comic book book club is Batman the Long Halloween. So, make sure to read that and you can have the discussion in our discord and then maybe we'll bring that up on the next episode also next week we're gonna talk about our next gen review and that was the movie we were talking about just a little bit ago looks like uh big hero 6 comes out on netflix so we're gonna do that um i am for certain uh renting spider-man so i'm going to give my impressions on that uh we're also going to give our impressions on iron fist season two and next week's guest is going to be a guy by the name of Anthony. Oh, hold on. Next week's guest is going to be a guy by the name of Anthony. He's on another podcast. Um, I can't remember what at the time, but we're going to talk some destiny. So check out next week's episode of Nerd to the Third. Thank you so much for joining me, Chuck. Make sure let people know where they can find you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ByparsonGamer at Twitter, or uh, you can always send me an email at ByparsonGaming.com. And uh, yeah, I'll answer the questions. Sweet. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you guys for listening to Nerd to the Third, where you can always talk nerdy to me. What episode are we? Eleven. 11 okay hey everybody and welcome back to uh, that's not what i usually say what do i usually say hey everybody and welcome to uh, howdy ho everybody howdy ho everybody welcome to episode 11 you're stopped for f***ing you're stopped for f***ing you're stopped for f***ing stop everybody off you're stopped for video games movies and everything nerd culture Nerd cult? That's not what I say. Everything nerdy. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was horrible. Okay. Um, So Uh, the third one came out. Pause. What's up, girl? What's up? My show. Your show's off? Oh, goodness. (sighs) Mommy did. Put your butt back in your pants. Back to him? You're like. Wait, I thought this was good? Are you guys still there? Yeah. You're supposed Wait. to agree with me, so... I think you're right. You're, like, real smart and uh, also well, thank handsome. thank you. Oh, stop it, sir. So... <laughs> so It was, like, dead silent. I'm sorry. So I was yeah, just, like, yeah, very no, good. No. Yeah, no, you're good. I was trying to find my words, and I... It kind of just let out with a... Uh. <laughs> um... I actually have to run. Say that you're leaving, or just hope nobody notices that you're. Just make it. Just make us. Just make a sly, sarcastic comment like you normally do about me. Oh. Or 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 like or like like say something and then what what do you think, Nate? Nate. 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 Yeah. Well, Nate. Oh, can we insert the that instrument for whatever it's called? Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Um, also next coming up, 
Upcoming now. Er, now. Yep. Next. <laughs> now upcoming next will be the show. <laughs>